technology moving here. My name is Lisa McCaslin, and I am the area director for Promise 686, which is based on Psalm 686, which is a promise God makes to set the lonely in families. And primarily what we're trying to do as a nonprofit ministry is to set children in families. But as I read, sang that song, read the words, when you think about being redeemed, being saved, being transformed, that idea of setting the lonely in families also goes to setting the hurting and the broken, the people who are not in churches, in family, in the family of believers. It reminds me of the story of the woman with the bleeding disorder that touched the hem of Christ and received healing and faith. And that's what we're trying to do at Promise 686 is to show people a way to Christ because we believe that it is only in his power, only in his power and strength, not in anything I can say or do or in promise, but in his power and strength that true transformation can happen. So that's why I'm here. We, as the area director for Promise 686, my job is to engage the local church. I cover all of coastal Georgia which my territory, if you will, lines up with two regions for the Department of Family and Children's Services, DFACS. That's Region 12 and Region 9. So I cover true coastal Georgia and then go all the way out to Dublin, um, Macon, Vidalia, all the way in Hinesville to the coast of Georgia. So I'm going to go through a brief request, if you will, a very simple request, but I think in order for you to truly understand why I'm here, why your pastor invited me to speak, why Dot and the elders of your church have decided to partner with us to establish what we call family advocacy ministry, I think it's really important to kind of have that grounding point of why is there a call biblically, of course we know that there is, to care for orphans and widows and the vulnerable. But I would love it if we could read this together. This is one of the reasons I chose as a middle-aged woman with two children who are in college, thought I was going to be footloose and fancy free, and God had a different plan for me. And this was one of the verses that came to mind that really made me go, Okay, I hear you. Let's get started. So if y'all don't mind, can we? Can y'all see that? Is that big enough? Because I don't even think with my readers I can see that in the back. But that's okay. I'm going to try. All right, here we go. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did to one of the least of these, my brothers, 
you did it to me. And we're talking about being engaged to the least of these, the vulnerable children and the families who care for them in Effingham County. And when I mean the families who care for them, that covers a large group. That can be families who are vulnerable. We don't want their children removed and placed in defects. That can be foster families. That can be families who adopt. can be kinship care. Does anybody in the room know of a family of a grandmother, an aunt, uncle, older sibling, cousin who's caring for children who are not their own birth children? That's included in this. There's also a category called fictive care, which can be a coach, a teacher, a neighbor, someone really particularly close to the child that the state can say they really care about this child and we're going to allow them to care for this child instead of entering foster care, okay? Here's the unpleasant reality. I promise this is going to be a bit sobering, but then the good news comes about, okay? This is the national child welfare crisis. Look at the number of cases of abuse and neglect that were reported last year. Three and a half million cases nationwide. And when those cases are called in, your defects workers nationwide are required by law to investigate. Okay? Substantiated cases, you see that number. Look at the number of children in foster care annually. That number floats between 400,000 to 420,000 a year. These are children who have been removed from their home. Children awaiting adoption. There are 122,000 children right now awaiting adoption. So we're going to dial it down. We're going to go to the state numbers. So far in 2023, you see the number of um, statewide cases that have been touched by DFACS, intake calls, 97,813, and then you have 82,795 were neglect. I want to dial back on that because when I started with Promise, I thought neglect meant that parents don't take care of their kids, they're making selfish choices and decisions. They just don't care, and it's leaving it up to everybody else to care for their children. And I'm embarrassed to say that because now that I work for Promise, I realize that that is absolutely not the case. 80% of that number, of the 83,000 or so kids, fall under a category called unintentional neglect. That means that the wheels just fell off the bus in that family. That could be a cancer diagnosis of a spouse, deployment, death of a spouse, a car. Have any of y'all had a situation? Raise your hand if you've had a car where you woke up in the morning to go to work and you had a flat tire or your battery was dead. Raise your hand. Right. That's life, the bus falling off the wheel, the wheels falling off the bus, right? But then what happens for a lot of families is that when that happens, they don't have the means to fix it. They end up losing their jobs. Many, many people in our communities live week to week. They stay in extended stays. They have to pay their rent week to week, and if they don't pay their rent, they get evicted. And then they lose their children. But here's the reality. They love their kids. They love their kids. 
they just don't have the support that they need. Children awaiting adoption in Georgia, you see that number. The 297 number, when it says no family options available, what that means is that 297 children right now in the state of Georgia have no resources. There is no family. There is no kinship care. There is no fictive care. There is no one in this child's life that the state can call on to say, would you consider taking this child into care? That's a lot of kids. Now we're going to go to Effingham County. Currently, there are 47 children in foster care. The average stay in foster care in Effingham County is 19 months. 19 months. Five children available for adoption. Less than 15 foster homes. 47 to 15. There's a gap there. These children that are being removed are being sent all over the state of Georgia. Sibling groups are being split up. And remember that 19-month average stay? So they don't get to go to school with the same people. They don't get to see the same churches. They don't get to see their relatives down the street. They are completely disrupted from what is normal. And remember, 80% of them, have families who love them. They love them. I can remember there was a line in that song about wondering, like, why? Like, how long is this going to last? The truth of the matter is I was the vulnerable child. I did not go into foster care. There were times where I prayed that I would go into foster care. But I do remember as a child thinking, why me? Why is this happening? How can this be my reality and my truth? And God did redeem me, and Jesus saved me, and he's still doing a mighty work in my heart, and that's why I'm standing before you today. Who would have thought that Romans 8.28 verse of God's going to work out all things for our good? 38, 39 years later? He calls me into a work and gives me a voice to advocate for children. And I'm so grateful, and that's what brought me here to you today. Okay. There is something called aging out of care. The good news in Effingham County is you have no children who have aged out of care, but I think it's important to mention. Aging out of care means that at the age of 18, a child, really, Jay and I have a 19-year-old and a 20-year-old, and if they could have walked away at 18, they absolutely would have, but their brains are not fully developed. So you have 18-year-olds making a choice to emancipate themselves from the state, basically saying, I'm signing myself out, but I want you to look at these numbers. They're staggering. You've got 70% 70 of victims of human sex trafficking 70% spent time in foster care. 70%. 65% of inmates spent time in foster care. 71% of the women will become pregnant within one year of checking themselves out of foster care. And 40 to 50% will be homeless within 18 months. A lot of these young girls that are aging out of foster care 
are having to basically compromise themselves in order to have a roof over their head and to have a meal. And they don't have transportation to go take care of their bodies. They, they are vulnerable. They are in crisis. And this is happening all over. I don't know if y'all are aware, but Effingham County and Bryan Counties are served out of the Effingham County DFACS office. Bryan County does have children who've aged out of care. Their numbers added to your numbers. There are over 75 children in our midst that are in foster care right now. So we have a solution, and our solution at Promise 686 is called Family Advocacy Ministry. And both of these categories speak to what we're trying to do. We are trying to engage the church to care for the relational needs and the physical needs of vulnerable children and families. Okay, relational and physical needs. Physical needs, this is why I'm here specifically to talk to you, and I am beyond excited about this. There is a new software platform that we use to meet physical needs. It's called Care Portal. I activated Care Portal in Chatham County at the end of March of this year. And as of yesterday, we have served 93 children with a $67,000 economic impact. The church, we're a Christian nonprofit. This has allowed children to stay out of foster care because they get to live with grandma or support a family who is fostering or support the well-being of a child. And basically, how Care Portal works is your local DFACS agency will be able to enter vetted needs into Care Portal, okay? They have access. They enter the needs. And in one moment of time, it blasts out. That is not a technology term, but that's how my brain works. It just blasts out to any church and church response team that has signed up, it shows up in your email. And then as a responder, you have the ability to say, you know what, I, I don't, not in a position today to help, but I can pray. Praying is an, is an option to pray for this family. Every care portal request that you see expresses a vulnerability, a crisis situation, if you will, okay? And then... You have the option, if you choose, to meet the need. Y'all, this is where it gets real. This isn't just writing a check. Your church, if you say yes, I will meet the need, you get to meet that person at their doorstep. You get to be the hands and feet of Christ at their doorstep and love on them and pray with them. Invite them to church. That Put the lonely in families, the promise God makes. It's an opportunity to bring brokenness into our midst because Christ is truly the only way the cycles of foster care are going to be broken. I mean, it's the only way is through his power. If he's not connected into the situation, it's not going to get better. It's not. But we have an opportunity for it to get better, and it's through Care Portal. Okay? On September 27th, coming up in two weeks, we are activating Care Portal for Effingham County and Bryan Counties. 
So at that moment, Effingham County DFACS will be able to enter needs for families and children in crisis right here in your backyard. In Chatham County, we started with Chatham County DFACS. We also have Brightside Advocacy that runs the CASA, the Court Appointed Special Advocates Program. The juvenile court system is entering needs as well as two crisis pregnancy centers. We know that the same thing, that 92, 93 children served, that's in six months with the same amount of churches that have said yes to engaging with promise to establish family advocacy ministry. So I know that in six months' time, God's going to bless our efforts here. I know he's going to do it because it honors him, and he calls us to do this. Okay, we're going to start with, for I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. Okay, that's step one. This is the QR code. This is really simple. If everybody will pull out their phone, whether you choose to sign up as a responder or not, I hope that you'll take a picture of this QR code. What this is going to do, when you sign up to be a Care Portal responder for Grace, all you're committing to is having a need come across your email. That is it. You're not committing to anything financially. You are saying, I agree to see the needs. Once you go through this process and sign up, you will be on Grace's church response team. And once I activate on September 27th, any need within 15 miles of this church, you will see in your email. And again, if nothing else, if you can just pray for each and every one of those needs that come across. Okay? I also will be here afterwards. So if there are any of you that are not comfortable with a QR code, I brought my computer and we can sign y'all up right there on the spot straight to your response team, okay? This is what it looks like. When you get an email, you see that orange button that says, yes, I can help? So this is a real, real request that went in recently. Last week, a 14-year-old man um, was placed with a fictive kin home until DFAC secured a placement. The caregiver has now offered the youth a long-term placement. However, the caregiver needs financial assistance until they become an approved foster care placement. The youth will start school on tomorrow, and he needs school uniforms. Gives you a list of what he needs. So you'll be able to see all of the needs listed when different churches. This is the greatest thing because it's collaboration. Grace might decide to meet one of those needs but then all the other churches can meet the other needs. So you're not having to meet the entire need. You can just pick one little thing. Everybody can do their part. See on the left where it says the responses, so you can see Godly Station, the church at Godly Station, Community Bible Church, that those responded. But how do we do it? How do we say, yes, I, wanna, I want to meet, I can do one of those? You simply hit that orange button, that says, yes, I can help. Everybody think they could do that? It's pretty easy. If I can do it, anybody can do it. Okay. Step two and step three, you have the ability to follow, pray, share. Okay. When you say, yes, I can help, you're going to, in this box, see where it says two response team leaders, how can you help? 
in that box, you're going to type what you agreed to help with. This is a safety mechanism, if it will, if you will. So you don't accidentally hit that button and then the other churches think it's claimed. You have to physically type what you're saying you're going to agree to provide. And then you hit the button, provide items. It's truly that simple. Step two, I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. When you engage in this space, like I said, you are being invited to the doorstep of brokenness. I have several stories. That young man, um, turns out he's a coach at Duran Middle School. He is not related to the four boys that he has in his care at all. Um, Jay and I have a basket of laundry because his dryer broke, um, washing clothes for four boys. So we're getting ready to go meet him in Port Wentworth here after this service to give him these clothes. When I met him at Duran Middle School to give him the uniforms, we actually just sat and prayed. Twice I have met needs and I've gone into people's homes or met them and said, it's okay if you say no, but I believe that Jesus is the only way that this is going to get better. So can we just please pray about this? And both times it's been a yes and relationships and connections are made. And there is nothing more incredible. I am so inspired by this man in his 30s who's taken four kids. And by the way, in fictive care, you don't get paid by the state. He's not getting any support from the state. But because of Care Portal, they were able to enter the needs. And we were able to meet them as the church. Recently, we over the weekend, we had to put in another need for another one of those boys that came to him with a broken-down pair of tennis shoes, a basketball, and barely a bag full of clothes that were molded and mildewed. And he has washed them and washed them and washed them and can't get them clean. So we put in a church need at CBC. Internally, we met that need, and that child will have some clothing and some school uniforms. We actually bought everything on Amazon and had it simply directed straight to his house just so this child could have what he needed by the beginning of the week. Y'all have been invited to this place, and I, I want y'all to understand that you are a part of history in the making because we have a government agency that has invited the church into their place. The same thing happened in Chatham County. We're getting ready to activate Bullock County and Liberty and Long Counties at, by the end of October. That's not in my doing. This is God moving ahead of me and connecting relationships, resources. So Promise 686, we're just the tool through which we provide all the training, the resources, the support. We do not charge churches. This is a push ministry. We are giving everything to y'all that we need, that y'all need, to establish family advocacy ministry. And my hope and prayer is that even if it's four of you or five of you that will sign up 
and agree to see these emails that this church with all the other churches in this county will be able to to really make an impact how many of y'all have dressers in your garage a dresser in your garage or in your attic or in a storage shed that's just sitting there it might just have some overflow storage in it raise your hand how about a single bed or a bed frame, broken down bed frame in the attic. Can you believe that those items are the very items that can keep a child out of foster care? So what we're doing is there are people in our midst, in this county, who have a heart's desire to care for children who are not their own. But they don't have the resources. They don't have the money to go buy an extra bed or bed sheets. And we're not saying you have to go buy brand new stuff. We're saying if it's good enough to be in your home, it'll be good enough to be in their home. But particularly in kinship care with grandmothers and aunts and uncles and orlers, they that's all they want. They could ask for the world, and they're asking for a dresser. How many of y'all are super good with power tools? Raise your hand. Come on. I know some of y'all are good with an electric drill. You can get a dresser from Wayfair for under $150. It comes with 1,000 pieces. And so the bunch of y'all will need to get together with your power tools and put it together. But that will keep a child out of foster care. Not to mention the work that your social workers are doing, your child welfare workers in this county, they are exhausted. All of those children that they're sent out of Effingham County, they still have to drive to visit those children. It could be Augusta, North Georgia, outside of Atlanta, Columbus. So on top of managing the cases that are coming in and getting them to court and making sure they have their doctor's appointments and making sure their advocate is meeting with them, not to mention supervised visitations, we have seen an explosion of just relief, a a renewed spirit and energy in the DFAC's office from the church coming alongside and saying, we'll help. Because that bed or that dresser, guess who was having to make those phone calls to try to find resources to put children in healthier families? The DFAC's worker. So that is my presentation. It's very quick. I think that's the end. Oh, best practices. We do need to go over this. There will be what we call a responder training. I'll either come back and do it in person or over a Zoom call. These are really, really important. You always go in two. If you're delivering the need, the bed, the dresser, the clothes, you're meeting the family at the door, always, always go in two. Don't make assumptions. That's a huge one. And that's a big one. That's a big one for me because I like cleanliness and lack of bugs. And we've been in many a home. Does not mean that they don't love their children. Okay? And I had to get over myself a little bit on that one. Call the caseworker. If there is anything that causes you concern, anything at all, you see drugs laying on the table, that's a reason to call. You see a roach run across the floor, not a reason to call. Okay? 
be encouraging. Engage with additional needs. You might find that their yard needs to be cut. Invite them to church. There are so many other ways that you can just connect with this family outside of that initial need. And that's what we want to do is provide relational support. Statistically speaking, economic poverty and relational poverty go hand in hand. Jay and I have a lot of people that we could call if the wheels fell off the bus and we know that they would help us. And I don't know about you, but in my life, when I have been in isolation, because there is shame attached to this, when a family loves their children and can't care for them, there's isolation. And in my life, when I've been isolated, that is when Satan comes after me and starts telling me that song, you're not worthy. No one cares about you. Like this is going to be the rest of your life. That is not from God. We are all image bearers. He would never say that to us. And it's our job. We can't expect the world to to put that renewed faith and hope. That's our job as believers to be gospel presence with hopes of gospel proclamation. But the world, they're going after our families and they're going after our children and we have a a way, a time to make a difference. Point people. Miss Dot and Miss Sheila, they are leading the charge at Grace with Care Portal. They've gone through training. Um, I live in Savannah. My counterpart lives in Statesboro. We are in it for the long haul. And if there are any questions, concerns, get in touch with them. You can get, they'll get in touch with me. I'll be around afterwards. If there's any um, questions specifically that you have, and I, again, just, I thank you, your governing board, for saying, yes, let's do this. And my hope and prayer is that please, please, please help us make a difference. We can't do it without you. And these children deserve, they deserve it. They didn't ask for the situations that they find themselves in. Are there any questions right now? Any quick questions? Yes. So it's Psalm 68.6, which is the promise God makes to set the lonely in families. So that's where that came from. Yep. Okay. I'm going to close in prayer. Do you mind really fast? Father God, I thank you so much for this opportunity. I thank you for this congregation. Lord, I thank you that their leadership, that Miss Dot, really feel called and led to care to start this new initiative. And I just pray that in your power, not in our own, but in your power, there will be fruit. That in six months' time, we will see a turnaround in this community. We'll see an awakening and an awareness, an ability to meet relational and physical needs of families and children in crisis. Um, Lord, I just pray that you continue to bless all of our efforts no matter the part that we play um, in your call to minister in this way. Lord, it's in your name that I pray. Amen. Thank you all.